Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up to heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. So we're back. We're back, Dave. Dave, today is pumping at the Blind Point Studios right now. This is the first time we've had two different podcasts going on at the same time, and the premier of our province is on the other wall right now speaking to one of our other uh, uh podcast people that's what happens here we just offered yep. him a beer yep. and uh for some reason he didn't want one yeah. um <laughs> here we are at the bowling point and today very excited to speak to two people who really understand a lot of the themes that we've been talking about lately dave kind of about what i've been calling the love economy but everything that the b corp world and social venture network world um and conscious capitalism what we're all working so hard to do is create a new type of capitalism that is based on something that is not greed, you know, and um, what our, our guests today are, are going to talk about is the give back economy. So I'm really excited to to bring Carla and Peter on to the Boiling Point, who are the co-hosts, sorry, the co-authors of the give back economy. I hope that's right, Carla and Peter. Please correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, so, and welcome. if you want us to be the co-host, we can do that too. Whatever well, you we, like. Well, we might get you to do that as well. <laughs> well, why, why, why don't the two of you guys uh, just interview us? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so can ca- we get a beer as well? Does well, that work too? Uh, our, our last guests were so amazing. They 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 had the, we had the the benefit of them being here in person, and they came in with four Pickeroons beers, and we're like, that was very kind of you. Thank you. <laughs> But yeah, we, I think we, that, that would. I feel like I should grab one. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> well, listen, it, it is one of those podcasts. So, so uh, if if you've got them, open them up. No problem at all. <laughs> and so, awesome. Carla or Peter, why, why don't uh, one of you give us a, a good introduction to who both of you are and what the Give Back Economy is? Well, I don't know if one of us can do both because we we always actually talk over each other. So I can't believe we didn't start talking at the same time. Wow. Um, so. Um, my background, actually, we're both MBAs, which is kind of a weird thing when you think about the give back economy and trying to do good. You don't always associate that. So maybe we are part of the unusual suspects who are entering this space. Um, but um, both of us uh, came into this from the for-profit world. And I think we just really realized that something was missing. I mean, um, making money for yourself and for lots of people, well, that's a great thing. But uh, meaning-making, obviously, is something that uh, you can sleep better than every single day. doesn't mean that you can't make money. It's uh, more figuring out um, it's not how much you can make. It's how much you should make. And uh, we both firmly came into that space at this point. Um, I actually started my own social enterprise about 10 years ago by accident. I didn't even know what a social enterprise was 10 years ago. I don't think really it was a phrase or a word that was commonly used. And even now, not everyone knows what it is. And so I created a, a telemarketing firm where I was hiring people who are on ODSP or basically uh, disabled or were not able to leave their houses. Hmm. And they were the best employees. They were really good at telemarketing. And uh, you know what they wanted? They were eager to learn. They were eager to um, use their skill sets and make a difference that way. And I never even realized that I was helping them. 
I thought the whole time that they were helping me. And so it's really interesting that social enterprise started from a lot of people making mistakes or not knowing what they were doing, and it just happened. And now it's really a main part of the economy. And uh, Peter, I think I'll let you introduce yourself so I don't get any trouble. <laughs> okay. She's my uh, adopted sister, and we, uh, we crash each other on a regular basis. So 27 years at CIBC, early retired, started my first of six businesses. And then I got into teaching at Centennial and Seneca Colleges, entrepreneurship, marketing, nonprofit leadership. Also taught MBA students online through a college in New Jersey. Then uh, did workshops and coaching for unemployed people who want to start a business and uh, also ran a summer company program for students in Ontario where they run a business over the summer and the government gives them $3,000 grant. So from that, uh, I had worked with over 720 startups and over 2,000 business plans. So I re-retired and Carla contacted me and said, I want to get you involved in this social innovation challenge course, I said, what's social innovation? And she said, well, it has to do with social enterprise. And I said, what's a social enterprise? <laughs> and she said, well, it's supported by corporate social responsibility. And I said, what's corporate <laughs> social responsibility? So it was and then you really wrote a book about it. <laughs> it was a really good start, you know, with a lack of knowledge. But we had 54 people who pitched the social innovation idea. And uh, from there, we narrowed it down to 10 teams. And then we had five foundations there to support that activity. And to we had a grant writer there to help them if they wanted to pursue it. So Carla took this to five other locations across Canada. And we started to build up some community as a result of that. So I said that we had to have more than that in order to keep them engaged. And she's a co-founder of an e-learning network, which we added for these mentees. And then a year ago, we added a social mentor network to help these mentees learn and grow. And so uh, that became very cool. Well, about a year ago, we not quite a year ago, we came up with this idea of I hadn't seen a book on the topic of social innovation and social enterprise. And Dummy sends a note out to Self Council Press saying, hey, how would you like to do one of this? Figuring it goes into the black hole. Well, we get ourselves when, in a lot of trouble. And <laughs> when, on Wednesday, they came back and they said, we love the idea. Send us the first two chapters. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a couple uh, overnights. <laughs> at which point I picked up the phone, I phoned Carla, and I said, you're now co-author of a book on social innovation and social enterprise. And of course, she said, what? <laughs> and so that's, that's the history. Using unused and underutilized space within a spiritual institution. You're giving it all away up front, Peter. It's I know. I like it. <laughs> So uh, we, uh, we got a wonderful volunteer in Markham, where I happen to live, a 35-year-old uh, minister, very young, very creative, very innovative, and she said, yes, I want to be part of it. So 
we started a community innovation hub in Markham for uh, social innovators, social enterprises, small businesses, nonprofits, and charities. And in that particular location, I have 18 hubsters who are involved in all kinds of neat activity, everything from incarceration to liquid green products that uh, are safe and environmentally friendly. You can actually to, spray them in your mouth. Can you imagine that? So you can see this <laughs> lady who actually invented it. She takes her liquid green products. Wow. She is like, this is as, as good as bleach. And then she turns it towards her face and sprays it. So she's really <laughs> using business to actually protect kids and pets. So we've got lots going on. So as long as these folks give back to the community, they're welcome to our community innovation hub where they get use of free space, free workshops, coaching, roundtable discussions, e-learning, and mentoring. So our concept is to take that and take that concept and build it across Canada and set up 300 community innovation hubs in the next three to five years. Mm, that's amazing. Wow. Now, here's where, here's where some of the funding comes from. Uh, Here, they're supposed to ask us questions. I know. <laughs> you, you guys <laughs> are hilarious. You, you no, no. So, I love it. No, you guys are the guest hosts. This is perfect. You're the guest hosts. You're, 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 you're letting you know. Yeah, I want to ask you guys questions. Like, right, well, that's our job is to ask some questions. We're the co-hosts. <laughs> so, so where some of the money comes from this, uh, the royalties from the sale of the book, the Give Back Economy, which is available on Self Council Press, Amazon, Indigo, and eBay, go to a Give Back Fund <laughs> within the United Church Foundation. Nice. We get none of those royalties. Mm -hmm. So they're all used to grow these community innovation hubs. One second, we don't get any of the money, Peter? Did I sign that? I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, she gives back. <laughs> the, the money that she gets. Well, okay, so let, let me stop you there for a second. I love all of this. Like, I love the concept of having a shared workspace, um, you know, have these incubators, if you will, uh, finding ways to finance them through things like selling a book. Awesome, awesome, awesome. The question I have for you is where's your financial uh, sustainability? As you know, um, the book is one thing, which is awesome. Uh, what is the business model for the two of you? Because I'm a big, big believer in social enterprise and social entrepreneurship, but it has to make money and it has to make, uh, it has to make the founders eventually, so you know, uh, a, a living, if you will. So what, what, do you guys have that in the plan as well for you? Or is this completely a, a give back uh, philanthropic uh, experiment? Okay, the right. founders being Carla and I are at a stage where the monetary aspect is not the benefit. Got it. The benefit is what we get from seeing these hubsters learn and grow. So, and and, yeah, and building building a community across Canada. So, if you can but imagine, food on the table, right, Peter? So, I mean, I think the question also is kind of ties into what I first said: is that it doesn't matter how much. You make it how much uh, you should make, right? Mm -hmm. So I do have my own consulting arm still. That's something that I do. But 
definitely my focus is helping social enterprises and nonprofits uh, do better. Got it. So taking for profit. So, but instead of charging what a, a normal consultant would be charging, I charge what makes sense. And that's something that uh, I make sure that it works for everybody. And it's just having that, um, that ethos, that thinking about, is it good for everyone when you go into any of these engagements? Um, on the same side, the other thing I run is an e-learning. And so we basically make that free for nonprofits. And yet we do cross-subsidize from for-profits to make sure that it does benefit everyone, and yet the entire e-learning continues to be able to self-fund. That's really cool. And tell me about the e-learning part, because yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make a map in my head as our listeners listen, <laughs> yeah. because like a lot of our listeners are really into this stuff, but everybody's got the same questions. How do we fund it? How do we finance it? And the book is one thing, right. but you're going to grow this across the whole country. Uh, you guys need horsepower. And um, right. and, if, and if it's not the two of you, it's other people listening that want to do the same thing. So your e-learning product, yeah. why, why, t- tell us a little bit about that so we can get a, get a picture. Well, I think, um, I mean, the e-learning is one way. So e-learning, typically anything that's online, it allows for scalability. That's going to be really important for us, of course. Um, and it also has a very low... Um, variable costs. So you're able to actually support a lot of entrepreneurs and social entrepreneurs at a very uh, low increased rate. So basically your fixed costs are what they are, but every single additional person, I mean, we've helped over 150,000 people in the last 10 years. Wow. So that's something that, yeah, so it allows for that scalability. In terms of the revenue model, though, what we've seen is that for nonprofits, they historically only looked at donations. And our book really talks about how that's changed. And it really talks about how do you go from a single or a dual source of revenue and actually expand that and make sure that it makes sense. And so having a social enterprise component, which could be a product or service or a membership or events or all these other different ways to generate revenue, how do you actually have a strategy so that you aren't just dependent on one revenue source anymore? And so I think that that's one thing. Um, the other part for financial sustainability, I definitely think in nonprofits, social enterprises, any social entrepreneur, partnerships are going to be huge for you. And we know that a lot of for-profits have leveraged partnerships in various ways, uh, from the auto industry to railroads working together. CN and CP Rail actually work together when they need to for, the, for some of uh, their laneways. So how can the nonprofit sector and the social enterprises learn from that because really we're not competitive in the same way. I mean, we're trying to solve human needs. I mean, we're not trying to solve market share. And so all of a sudden that allows, we don't all need our own overhead. Are there ways that we actually could share services, share costs? We're actually seeing them. I have three churches right now that I'm working with that are actually looking at having one communications person. Mm. Do they actually all need their own communications person or can we share? So there's some creative things that are happening right now because it's not just the um, top side. It's not just revenue. You're also looking at your cost drivers. And so when you can balance those, there's a lot of unique ways to work together now. So I'm curious about how, you know, as you, as you, you know, get out there and, and talk more about the give back economy, um, how maybe traditional organizations that, you know, would, would, would look at, you know, you know, kind of profit and loss one way. Um, how do they start recognizing that, you know, they actually want to be contributing, um, you know, to this idea of the give back economy or, or, or have a, a social enterprise kind of arm of their company? Like how, how are they, how are they receiving 
this idea or what are you hearing from from folks that maybe would have um, not not necessarily seen themselves you know in that in this new economy uh, I think that Peter you, my, you my have like, the benefits right all about the benefits my turn Jeez. <laughs> you two are amazing. Sure I, mine, I love I'll you, tell you. <laughs> Can you imagine we wrote a book together? I, I would <laughs> love the, the creative process behind that would have been amazing. It, 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 it would have been fun to watch the Google Doc, the back and forth as you guys are writing paragraphs. <laughs> so, Peter, Peter, over to you Peter, on that for question. Thank you. Corporate social responsibility is growing. There are companies, large companies, like uh, Walmart has a department of about eight people just on corporate social responsibility. General Motors has it. But it really can get down to the small organization. And the small organization could be anything like uh, a restaurant. So you may say, well, how can a restaurant do corporate social responsibility? And the answer is simple. They could offer a meal. And the example that I've got to offer is there was a family, a refugee family from Syria, and they wanted to take father out for uh, a meal. And they didn't have the money. So there was a connection to a restaurant. The restaurant said, I can't pay for them, but I can offer them a meal. So the connection was made. And then the benefits are there for the restaurant. The restaurant gets community recognition of their brand name. They could do a video. In that video, they could have the family thanking them or eating their meal. They could do a press release that could go out to the community. There are so many great things where there are measurable benefits for that person that's into corporate social responsibility. Yeah, I think I agree. Like, I, wow! Oh my goodness, I agree, Peter. <laughs> Whoa, my goodness! <laughs> and I also think it's uh, we are seeing it growing, and I think that corporations are really seeing that it does impact their employees' morale, and um, and, and that does have an impact on their bottom line. Hundred percent. And you know what's interesting is, I have a belief that a lot of a lot of organized, a lot of people, a lot of individuals, maybe entrepreneurs, maybe you know, in the small business sector have always felt this way and, um, you know, and, and always wanted to contribute and participate, but, um, it's just, be, it's almost like it's, there's just a different conversation happening, you know, and like Greg's introduced yeah. me to, um, B Corps as an example, and this idea right. of doing business for good and, and, um, in, in, in a group of small business, uh, in, in our part of the world, in New Brunswick, um, are, yeah. are launching, uh, the $1 million pledge where we're actually all putting money together and having the United Way, which does impact giving, be an administrator of this, um, on key key priorities, and you know we it feels good. And guess what? Um, our clients seem to love it so far. So you know, like, well, here here's a couple of examples. Canadian Federation of Independent Business did a little study with a group of their membership, mm-hmm. and ninety nine percent said they wanted to give back to the community, but they didn't know how to do it. Is that where that stat came from? Because I read that, and I was curious. Thank you for bringing that up, Peter. This was from CFIB. Yeah, which is crazy. Wow. You know, the other thing that's incredibly important, I go back to my little restaurant example, and by doing that, they're showing their employees that they care for people in the community. And and that's a great thing. And the other thing that we're also seeing is millennials 
like to work for companies that believe in CSR and giving back to the community. And millennials also will buy products that may be a little higher price where there's a CSR give back to the, uh, mm-hmm. to the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, social entrepreneurship is huge at the university level right now. I mean, University of New Brunswick with the Pondish Bondi Center, I mean, they are very well known uh, nationally for the work that they're doing and encouraging their students to think differently and to see how social responsibility is in any role that they have after they graduate. Yeah, and I almost wonder if, if at some point, hopefully not in the too long, you know, in the very near future, um, you know, the idea of it being a separate kind of part of your business is it's just the way you do business. It's not, it's not, oh, like, it is. Do you know what I mean? It's not like this, uh, you know, we don't even maybe label it. It's just, that's just the, that's the, that's the price, you know, like that's the price of admission almost, you know, in terms of what people expect. So, how's the books being received? How do people um, get access to it? Um, um, that want to learn more about this. Um, how do they? How do people listen to your the new podcast that you guys are launching um, out of this interview today? All those questions <laughs> need to be answered before we finish. By Peter. Oh, now what? we're quiet. I was going to let Peter. <laughs> I, I, no, you guys. You guys got to work on the cadence, though. <laughs> I think that's part of the. That's part of the. That's part of the. The beauty is that when when you guys um, collide at the same in the same conversation. Yeah, it's, all, it's awesome. And then there's quietness <laughs> at other times. So, Carla, do you want to jump in on that one? Um, so how to be part of it? I mean, lots of different ways. Um, the Give Back Economy book is definitely on shelves right now. It's on Amazon. It's uh, on the Self Council Press. Other things, though, to tap into, I mean, we are launching the community innovation hubs across the country. Um, we actually are working with the University of New Brunswick. So oh, really? that's uh, very I, Are you working with, uh, with the Pondish Bondi Center? Over there, that's right. Yeah, right, with, with yeah, Karina. So doing great so you, uh, yeah, you, that's right. You'll Karina. have to, you'll have to look at our bowlingpointpodcast.com uh, list and go listen to Karina's interview. Oh, I'm sure it's not boring, and <laughs> I'm sure she took charge as well. That's yeah, perfect. Pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad you guys are connected. Um, that's great. Yeah, and actually, it came from the University of New Brunswick, uh, the social mentor network idea that we actually have launched now across the country because they had started a mentoring program for their social entrepreneurs. Um, and they said how important it was. And so actually that idea that's now national came from New Brunswick, which is really? great. Um, yeah. Another thing that uh, is coming is the social innovation challenge. So we have run one in St. John's, Newfoundland, and yet we have never done one in New Brunswick. So it is coming soon. So uh, definitely stay tuned for that, the social innovation challenge. And um, I mean, reach out to us. We're always interested in helping any social entrepreneur uh, do more, get connected. Uh, I I don't even know how many people we know now from all the fun, amazing work that we've got to do. And how, how yeah, you- a couple of weeks ago, I did a presentation at Ryerson. They had a design jam on uh, food waste and uh, really? re- recycling food. And they had about oh, 15 teams. And then they pitched the results of their uh, their design. And I had an opportunity to outline uh, social innovation, social enterprise, and, of course, the Give Back Economy book. So I guess what you're hearing from us is there's tons of ways to get involved. Mm-hmm. And uh, no matter if you're the CEO, a solopreneur, or uh, if you're a student or retired or recently retired or retired the third time, it doesn't matter where you're at in life you can actually get involved. Um, we've actually seen people who pitch social ideas at the age of seven. So I'm waiting for the six-year-old to do it right ah, now. Fantastic. Well, guys, listen, thank you so much. Really excited to read the book. And uh, 
let's stay in touch. I, I, I want to hear how, how things are going. Maybe once uh, once you get a number of um, of hubs set up across the country, it'd be really cool to hear how that success was and what some of the challenges were in scaling that out. So, and when you're in New Brunswick, yeah, and when you're in New Brunswick, give Dave and Greg a call. <laughs> well, Dave, thanks awesome. so much. Thank you so much to the both yeah. of you, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 stay in touch. Have an awesome rest of your day, and thank you for everything that you guys are doing in the world of social impact. Amazing. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Take see, care, guys. See you guys. See you, Peter. See you, Carl. Thank you. Um, what, well, you know what? You might find them, the two of them so interesting. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? It, and, and just it, how it, they, the two of them remind me of uh, Tidby and I, my old business partner back in the day, because oh, right? yeah. there's so much love, yeah. but uh, but also like there's a hilarious dynamic of because yeah. both of them have so much good energy, good yeah. knowledge, and experience. Yeah. And it, and I th- I'm really excited to read the book. It's a, it's, it's a topic that I'm very, very interested and passionate about. It's how, how do we use business to make, well, make positive and, change? And, and, and I mean, God love them. Like, look what they're doing. It's pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. And this whole, um, you know, kind of hub community that across the, across the nation, that's impressive. And I, I had no idea that it was the New Brunswick, uh, the UMB connection. You know what? New Brunswick, UMB, especially with Pontchartrain Center and Karina yeah. LeBlanc. And, yeah. Oh my gosh, there's so much influence that's coming out of that yeah. and, and just think about that with uh Deshish Pandey and Jerry Pond deciding to put a little bit of money to start the Pondish Pandey Center look at the impacts New Brunswick impacts first but now there's places right across the country who are modeling and being inspired from what's coming out of here too which is great it's exactly what they're doing with their book mm-hmm. it's another impact and mm-hmm. the ripples will be huge so mm-hmm. that's great mm-hmm. Dave and they should they should get a podcast because they, they should get a podcast that, that would be um, they just have that. You just you kind of want to listen to what's next. Yeah. Who's going <laughs> to yeah. speak up first, or who's not going to answer not the question? Gonna, <laughs> I, I'll go for our next one. We'll, we'll, we'll play it right that way. You we'll, and I. We'll, you and I. <laughs> so you're. Are you Peter? Okay. I'll, be, I'll be Peter. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I can you know, be. So stay tuned. Stay, stay tuned. We'll talk to everybody next week. Cheers. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, I'm Joel McLeod, co-host of the 905er podcast. The 905 is one of the most diverse and densely populated regions of Canada. Four and a half million of us live, work, and play in the area surrounding Toronto. That's more people in the 905 than actually live in Toronto. Each election, the 905 decides who forms our government at both the provincial and federal levels. So why isn't more attention being focused on us here in the 905? We're looking to change that. My co-hosts, Roland Tanner and I, tell the stories that define what we are calling the most important region in Canada. Each week, we bring to your attention news, culture, and issues that make up what it means to be a 905er. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Or you can visit us at 905er.ca to subscribe.